Episode 97, Three Foundations of Emotional Wellness During COVID-19. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. I saw a great post on Instagram earlier today from the holistic psychologist who mentioned that in times of uncertainty and chaos, our response is simply a reflection of how we were conditioned to respond to uncertainty by our parents. Basically, the point of the message was the way we're showing up right now is a reflection of how our parents responded during emotional turmoil. So I want you to consider that right now when you think about just the state of your own emotional well-being over the past two or three weeks. Are you somebody who has shown up being critical, casting judgment of other people? Or conversely, are you somebody who's been in avoidance? Have you been shut down and denying your own reality? Are you a person who has just resigned themselves to hopelessness and almost given up? What I want to do in this week's episode is give you three basic foundational strategies to help you shift your emotional state, stay focused on what is important, and not just survive this pandemic, but emotionally thrive with a deeper connection to yourself, a deeper connection to the people you love, and hopefully the world at large and a cause bigger than yourself. So what I thought I would do today is share an interview that I recently did with friend of the podcast, Jeanette Schneider. She was on just a couple weeks ago. Uh, she has an amazing app right now available in the Apple Store called the Live Pocket Coach. But she interviewed me on the Love is Viral Facebook page all about how do we maintain emotional wellness during this crisis. And it was a, a really awesome conversation. I just personally felt in a flow state and was just sort of downloading a message that I believe needs to be shared globally right now. Some of the topics Jeanette and I covered are why being intentional about your mindset every day is so important. We talked about the power of finding humor and fun even in moments of crisis. We discussed a big personal development buzzword, alignment, but what does it really mean and how do you live in alignment when the world is in chaos? We discussed relationships and why they are ever changing in this moment, but still so necessary. We cover the power of giving and how it can be a catalyst to truly change your emotional state and also why you should be creating right now rather than reacting and consuming. Those are just a few of the topics that we cover. I'm so grateful to Jeanette for letting me take this audio from the live stream and share it with you as a podcast. Would love to hear your aha moments and breakthroughs. You can screenshot this, upload it to Instagram or Twitter. Be sure to tag me at CSC Dan Mason and tag Jeanette at Ms. Jeanette Schneider. And if you're so moved, if this information we're sharing today is meaningful for you, could you please share this podcast with your friends? We want to get this message out and serve as many people as possible. And if you're looking for some additional resources that Jeanette is offering right now, she is doing live live streams every day on the Love is Viral Facebook page and also archiving all these discussions 
on the Live Pocket Coach app, which is available in the Apple App Store and coming soon for Android. My intention is that this conversation between Jeanette and I will leave you refocused, re-energized, and ready to show up in an entirely new way. This is the three foundations of emotional well-being this week on Life Amplified. And I'm super excited today to have with me Dan Mason. Dan, welcome to our new live stream. Back again, honored to be here. There are worse places to be quarantined than on the beach in Southern California. So I, I'm feeling good. I'm eager to serve and ready to dive in. Let's do it. I love it. I love it. On the Live app, you typically are um, providing our career advice. And we talk about career transition and leaving soul second careers and things like that. But right now, we have a lot of people who are um, struggling and we're trying to figure out the best way to create platform and support. And so as you and I were talking about, like, what content could we provide to be of help? One of the things that you were noticing and you were talking about was how to remain emotionally resilient during this time. What are you hearing and how do you feel that people should be kind of viewing our new lens in this very uncertain world? Yeah, look, I mean, there's a lot of info out there. We've all heard it about how to maintain our physical health right now. We know you can't touch your face and you got to wash your hands every two minutes and you got to maintain the social distancing. But what's been interesting is a byproduct of social distancing is some of them, I would say, are healthy ways to cope, but also some of the unhealthy ways that we use to cope with life are all being stripped away. All of a sudden now people can't get to the yoga studio and they can't get to the gym and that's a cause of stress for many people. Even here in the complex that I live in, in San Diego, our community gym is shut down. I can't even go down into the basement of the building and work out there. But also some of those other things that we might be prone to do. Happy hour. <laughs> Calling up a toxic ex during times of stress and being like, hey, you up? <laughs> like, that's a thing for people. And these are things that we would go to, you know, to numb out and to not feel during times of stress. Now you can't do it. So there's a lot of people right now who are feeling all the feels, not just because of the threat of COVID-19, but also just all the stuff that we've been suppressing and pushing down uh, for a period of time, it's all starting to bubble up to the surface. And I think, you know, it's causing a lot of tension. It's causing a lot of upset. And now is the time more than ever for us just to get emotionally present with ourselves, to take care of our emotional well-being the same way we're focused on taking care of physical health so that we have the energy and the motivation to even show up for the challenges that everybody's facing right now in their career, in business, and just managing, you know, some of the things you that you're going through right now, teleworking at home while also being the parent and the housekeeper and like all the duties that we have, you got to have the energy and the motivation to show up for it. So what I thought we could dig into today is talking about just three practical strategies, three areas of focus that will really help us with our emotional well-being. So one of the things that I've been talking about a lot, both over on my Facebook page and on my podcast, Life Amplified, which people can check out, is what I call the arc of emotional well-being. And it's really a focus on being, right? Most of us are focused on well-doing. You know, we feel good when we're out in the corporate office and we're crushing it and we're doing well in our career and we're making the money and we're doing all the things. But how do we just be fine 
from a place of just how we show up every day. And so when I talk about the ARC, it's really an acronym, A-R-C. The first thing that we really want to focus on right now is alignment. And when I say alignment, what I'm saying is, are your actions, are the, is the way you're showing up in integrity with the person that you want to be? Most of us are great about putting out all the inspirational content on Instagram. And, you know, <laughs> you see all the influencers living their best life, riding a pink flamingo in a pool, like when things are great. But how are you showing up right now? during times of stress. And one of the ways that, you you know, that we focus on alignment is a being super clear on who it is we want to be. You know, one of the exercises I go through just as part of my journaling practice every day, and I've seen this happen different ways. People say, pick three words that you want to show up as in the world. And I actually do this on a day-to-day basis. If there's a day where I just want to feel peaceful, if I want to feel relaxed, That's not the day to squeeze 17 more things onto my to-do list. So I try to gauge each day with how I want to show up, but really using that as a compass and an intention to guide my actions for that specific day. So, you know, for me, when I'm journaling this morning, you know, three of the words that I put down is I wanted to be strong. Like I wanted to have strength emotionally and physically. Uh, I wanted to keep a sense of fun and play in my life because my God, if we're all watching Fox news and we're watching MSNBC or reading the online websites, that'll just spin us down a hole of negativity. So I want to keep a sense of play and fun. And the other one was just be kind. You know, those were my three words for the day, but I've let that guide my intentions. I did an at home body weight workout here in the living room earlier this afternoon. More than ever, rather than just trying to put out the same inspirational content, I've been too focused on Instagram about just doing dumb stuff that'll make people smile and laugh. So I did the Instagram push-up challenge, but in a very unique way. And I put it on my entries just as a way to keep a sense of fun and play in my life. And obviously, just in terms of showing up and serving my clients and meeting them where they're at and keeping that compassion and kindness. But when our actions are aligned with the intentions of how we say we want to show up, when you're living in alignment, you feel good. Nobody has ever like slipped into depression or self-judgment when you are in alignment with whatever your intentions are. It's normally during the times when we're, when we're not taking action, when we're not following through, when we're not keeping our word to ourselves, then all of a sudden we get down. We start to feel stagnant. We start to slip into places of self-judgment you know, self-loathing in the worst possible cases. So it's really one of the, I think, the most powerful place to start from is that we don't know what's going to happen with the economy. We don't know what's going to happen with this virus. We don't know what's going to happen with the shutdown. All that's out of our control. The one thing that is in our control is really being hyper-focused right now on on daily intentions of how we want to show up and then letting our actions that day be guided from that place. I love that personally, because my partner, my boyfriend, every now and then I'll wake up in the morning and he's like, how are you today? Beautiful. And lately it's been, I'm working on my mindset. So it's like that immediate kind of like, okay, let me get in front of the train of fear and the worry about the bills that are coming or what's going on in the economy, what's happening today, what's happening outside of our home let me put myself in front of it. And each morning as I'm homeschooling the girls, we um, start with um, a meditation and an intention for the day to try to set ourselves up for this is who we want to be. This is who we want to embody or the character 
characteristics and values we want to embody. And I think it's important, the point that you made about fun and playfulness, because I've seen some people fighting in on Facebook and Instagram about people not taking it seriously, taking it too seriously. The memes are inappropriate. And one of the things I would say to everyone right now is that we all handle stress and anxiety in different ways. So we need to create a, a place of grace However, you handle your own worries, your own fears, just because you put up a funny meme or you find humor in something doesn't mean you're not taking it seriously. This may be your coping mechanism and it may be the way you want to embody your life. It might be like, things are really tough right now. I need to laugh. So like we've been watching a lot of comedy shows and funny stuff at night, right before bed so that I can get into that kind of fun, playful vibe before I close my eyes and dream about my worries for the day. And it seems like more so than any right now, we have to really be paying attention to who we are in the moment and how we're showing up for other people. And that, that grace, I feel like we need to have for one another. I think that that's so important right now. Yeah. Well, laughter is good for the uh, immune system. Like, you know, during an age when we can't find any hand sanitizer on the shelves anymore. I, I, that was my big win for the day yesterday as I got the last package of Clorox wipes at 7 a.m. <laughs> when the grocery store opened. I'm like, great. But there are other ways that we can emotionally, that we can take care of our physical health and laughter and a sense of play, not being in the stress response, not just living by the stress hormones and having the constant cortisol dripping into your system is one of the most responsible things that you can do right now. And it might look different for, you know, for different people, but the quality of your life, if you think about this, has nothing to do with the stock market, with your bank accounts. I mean, there, look, there are rich, miserable people in the world. There are people with an abundance of wealth who end up committing suicide. We've seen this with celebrities. The quality of your life every day is the quality of emotions that you're feeling. And that's why this piece is so important is, you know, emotional resilience. A, you got to create some targets for how you want to feel. And you can realize you're going to, we're all going to fall out of alignment. There are times when I, I've reacted from a place of not my highest self. And I'm like, you know, Dan, that's not really what you said. That's not what you put in the journal today. And you can choose again and you can, you know, kind of get the car back out onto the road, if not in between the lines. But I think that that's, you know, for me, I think that that's really where it starts is when you're in alignment with who you want to be. And this is during a pandemic or not, right? You feel better. You feel great about yourself and you have more energy and you have more motivation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's building that resilience, the muscle, right? It's It's learning how to handle times of stress and instead of being devastated by them, how to instead use them as ways to learn more about who you are. And how you can build your own toolbox, especially those of us at, at home with kids who we're showing up to be for our kids right now. Because I find my, my words very measured, the way I express things very conscientious and cautious, but it takes its toll at the end of the day. I'm exhausted um, because I'm, I'm trying to be all of those, those different roles. But I think it's, it's so valuable during these times because we're building that, that resilience muscle. So you mentioned alignment. What's the yeah. next one? So the second step, when we talk about this arc of emotional well-being, it's relationships and so important right now. And one of the areas where, quite honestly, I've been, it's been a personal struggle for me during this pandemic. I am a single guy. You know, I've got my dog who is great co-regulation and great connection, but I work from home. 
So, you know, this idea of like teleworking is not new for me, but I've had so many systems in place where I've been able to get out and mingle and see other people. I do it through my gym. I do it through the little cafe down the street that I'm able to work at. And all those things now are not really present in my life. So, you know, this has been a time to get really creative and innovate. Dating obviously looks very different in the age of coronavirus. Uh, the other night, uh, what was it? It was Sunday night. I went on my first online virtual date with somebody <laughs> that I met on a dating app. So we linked up on FaceTime. Literally, I just put it up on the tripod and we sat and sipped wine and we had like this two hour conversation. It was like all the getting to know you stuff you do over like a nice dinner on a first date, but we did it via FaceTime. Like she was in yoga clothes and I was in, you know, in a hoodie, but it was really nice. Like just having that relationship and that co-regulation and, and being able to be in connection to people right now, I think it's, it's vital more than ever, you know, that feeling good is a dyadic experience, meaning there's usually more than one person involved, particularly for the people who are, I've seen the memes, by the way, that are like, introverts have been training for this pandemic their whole lives. This is great. Yes and no. You know, from the perspective of the pattern, you know, from your pattern that says "Eh, being around other people is unsafe, you might feel that way. But ultimately, you've got to have a way to co-regulate and create connection with others, both to share your fears, uh, but also talk about your desires and where you want to go. So it's been really cool. Like, you know, as much as we've talked about, oh, you know, this is so bad for the economy. I always like refocus people. I'm like, there are people in the economy. Zoom is doing great right now. (laughs) (laughs) Amazon is hiring. Zoom, Clorox, and Tom. Yeah. I I was noticing the other day, there's a ton of new jobs at Slack, Zoom, and Microsoft, Amazon, and there's a couple of others. The retailers and the technology provider, like the providers of, of this software, interactive software, are doing very, very well. Um, so I think we also have to be conscientious about how we view um, what's happening. But I, I like your point about Zoom, because what's funny is that it's not just Zoom now to talk to uh, your coworkers for work stuff. I'm now seeing my friends who are doing Zoom calls with their family members that they don't talk to very often and doing like Zoom brunches and happy. I had a happy hour with one of my friends the other day from Florida, mm-hmm. and I see her probably once a year. We text every now and then, but I was like, why haven't we thought of connection from this perspective? And you find people are trying to relate to each other in an entirely new way. It's almost like because the public is now more aware of these tools and we're kind of closed in and worried for each other. It's that sense of connection and the desire to to be in relationship that I think is so incredibly valuable. I'm curious, and I know this is a little bit kind of off topic, but how do you think this is going to affect our relationships with others and the way we communicate in the future? Do you have any any idea or opinion? I hope we stop taking interactions every day for granted. My love language is physical touch. And I sort of had this moment the other day where I realized, man, I haven't hugged anyone in like almost three weeks. Like for me, that's like a pain point. Like if I can't hug people, like if I can't be out in connection, then that's that's really problematic for me. So I hope that we don't take the everyday interactions, the fact that you can that we can sit down across a table in person with somebody and have a have coffee or have brunch. You know, I hope that that's something that we really value being on the back end of this. I think it's also going to be interesting. Look, I mean, for a lot of people, being in a corporate setting or being in an office is a way to meet that need for relationship and connection too. Um, 
and it's going to be interesting. There is part of me in the back of my mind, not to be like hit panic buttons, but as we move in, at least temporarily, into a, a virtual economy, once that genie's out of the bottle, part of me is like, are we going to be able to put that back in? You know, if companies are taking huge financial hits, are we going to move more into a freelance economy with people working from home? This idea of, of how do you build relationship and how do we get out and be in connection with people? I, I think it's going to, I hope that we value it more on the back end. And, you know, whether that be community groups, church groups, whatever your jam is, yoga studios, you know, really valuing that time and creating more of it. I think from my perspective, I think that it's going to help us realize how important relationship and connection is and how humanity has stepped up. We've seen such beautiful humanity come forward and amazing stories in our own communities of people who are really like, how do I help? Like it's all hands on deck, all in together mentality. And I love that. Yeah. I don't think that we're going to lose that. I think people are going to wrap their arms around this idea that we need each other and that it's maybe kind of flattened the gap between us, which I think is important. What I think will be interesting is to watch how corporate America handles this because there's so much real estate that is utilized for bodies. I think in the past, it's like, I need you to be there so that I can manage you. But I think what people are finding is that if you provide them with the resources, they will work harder for you likely when you've given them opportunity and freedom and they can still connect in other virtual ways. So I think that some companies will reimagine their businesses because they're probably going to realize how much money they're spending on real estate and on travel expenses and things like that when things can be a lot more, I think they're going to be a lot more targeted. I think they're, they're going to look at all of these things as we come back to work. At least that's my hope. I, I hope there's some great new ways of, of living and relating. Yeah. And look, I mean, you know, as people are working from home and they decide that they need to step away from the desk for a while and maybe they go do yoga or maybe they meditate in the other room or they, you know, in my case, I can't totally socially distance because pandemic or not, my dog has to poop. So, you know, I got to get out and take those walks during the day. Right. right? So, but as people start to incorporate this into their work from home life, uh, you know, whether they're going back into an office or not, hopefully there are some new routines and some ways of taking care of their emotional well-being that stick after this as well. Because we, we've all been there. I'm sure you did it in corporate, too, where it's like, well, it's got to sit here at this desk and I got to power through. I got to push through. And well, it actually kills productivity over time. Well, yeah. And I think I think that's what it is, is like you're just showing up to show the hours. Right. And to prove that you are showing up as opposed to actually showing up energetically. And I think that there's a difference between showing up physically and showing up yeah. energetically. And I'm curious to see how that is viewed as we start moving back into these spaces. I think it's going to be really interesting to, to look back and see how our society changes from this. And if we don't change in some way, I think that that's going to be a missed opportunity. I really do. We're forced to change on the back end of this. I don't think that that's a choice. I think we're going to be forced to. The question is in, in what ways and how far are we going to go with it? You know, I saw Dr. Bruce Lipton doing a talk recently on a virtual seminar where he was talking about the idea of like, he was using the analogy of a caterpillar, that it's actually a very voracious creature. Like if you turn a caterpillar loose on a bush and you come out a couple of days later, that bush is destroyed. Like caterpillars are actually very destructive to their environment. But usually after they consume and consume and consume is when they go within, they go into like the, I believe that it's called chrysalis is the state, yeah. but all of a sudden it starts to deteriorate and the caterpillar actually 
is destroyed and falls apart. And it's not so much a destruction, it's the metamorphosis. It's when it turns into a butterfly. So it's making this transition from becoming like this really destructive creature to its environment to some, to a creature that has like the lightest touch in the universe. And he was just sort of using that as an analogy that is, is global citizens in a global economy, we've really destroyed our environment. We've been, we've destroyed our physical environment with the earth, but also just emotionally and how we treat each other. And that this whole pandemic is really a call now for us to, for that to fall away and for us to be called into something higher. And I thought that that was a really beautiful way to look at it. So well, what happens, you know, by the time the politicians and everybody else get involved. But I also think that on the back end of this, this is going to be a, a rising up for other people. I think you're going to see more and more just everyday citizens running for public office now. I think you're going to see people stepping up to be part of the solution rather than being part of the system that's contributed to some of the problems we're seeing. I absolutely agree with you. I think you're going to see more people step up because they realize the power of their voice and their viewpoint. And I also think that this is something that is really interesting because of the fact that we've turned off so much industry. I think that the climate change argument and the conservationists are, and the scientists are going to have a little bit more of a platform of support now that they can say, look at how the air quality has changed. Look at this. Look at what we can do when we actually put our heads uh, together. Not necessarily like industry is done, but now we have a little bit more of a call to action and a little bit more of a, a, a modeling to say, like, look how quickly we can turn things around when we're smart. So I just I'm curious to see how things are going to go. I'm an optimist. Yeah. I do believe um, that uh, people at their core, we want to survive, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean financially. That means as a human race, like look at what's happening now. We are trying to manage making sure people are as healthy as possible. And our governor here in Nevada, you know, it's, it's a very sad thing to see Las Vegas shut down. We completely rely on tourism and for our governor to step up and say, it's not about the money right now. I don't, I don't want any more Nevadans dying. That was like one of those things where like, okay, there it is. Like you're a politician, yes, but there's also that human component where we want our, our, our basic desire is, of course, survival. So off my yeah. soapbox, um, what's the third one? Yeah, and by the but to go back, to, to circle back to the original point, when we talk about survival, it's very hard to do it alone. If you go back to just you know, sort of like the primitive, the, you know, the, the, the primitive caveman days, you couldn't do it away from the tribe. <laughs> you didn't have access to water, fire, shelter. Like we're going to, and I don't think it's about just survival, really. It's about th how do we thrive on the back end of this? And we're going to do it together. So relationship becomes such an important second component when we talk about the emotional well-being. I love that. We'll move on to point number three. So we've talked about this arc of wellness. We said alignment. We said relationships. The third one is your calling. You could also look at it as your contribution. And, you know, being connected to something bigger than yourself. You know, there are a lot of people that are just getting out of bed in the morning, going to something because it's what they know. They're doing work because it's what pays the bills, but there's no real passion behind it. And I think more than ever, like if we're talking about your own emotional well-being, you have to be connected to yourself, but also something bigger than you. So whether that is a cause, a charity, a, a higher power of your own understanding, 
right now, more than ever, I think we're just being called to contribute. One of my favorite stories that I heard was from a, a client of mine who went into his neighborhood where, you know, you've seen the neighborhoods that have the free little library where people can take a book or drop a book off. Next to it, he took a cooler and full of non-perishable foods and he created a free little pantry for like parents and like who've got kids at home. And it was just filled with like cereal or pancake mix or, you know, fruit roll, fruit roll ups or whatever. It was just sort of like non-perishable food. And, you know, he doesn't live in a area that's struggling, you know, but he's like, if you ever want perspective on that, he goes, I went out like within 48 hours and almost everything was taken out of there. You know, there's a lot of people right now that are, that need help. And those of us, who can be the helpers, uh, you're going to feel better about doing that. I think that that's going to be a really important piece. I love that. I have a friend here in town in Vegas who is an event planner and he has this huge space and they've got all of these guys that make these huge exhibits for live events. Like they can create anything. He's got welders, he's got mechanics, sewers, all this stuff. And today he's so bored. He offered to homeschool our kids. He's like, I could teach him something. Can I homeschool your kids? And we're like, I've got the house on lockdown. You can't come over. But um, what <laughs> I saw him do was just take his temperature. He's fine. <laughs> like, who have you been around? One of the things I saw him do that I really appreciated was today he reached out and he said, I just realized I have the materials and the people to create masks for the local hospitals. I just need some details. I just need to source some materials. But in our space, we have the know-how, the ability to this. And all of a sudden, you see this entire community come together of our civil leaders. You see the hospitals come together, nurses and doctors, because we need masks, right? And I think at this time of contribution and this time of, um, of service, what I love is how people are, are kind of taking stock of what they have. And they're like, okay, what do I have where I can be of help right now? Like for me, it was kind of sitting back and saying, I have no idea what I can do right now. I do have a platform and it's a global platform. Um, so we can provide inspirational content, right? We can provide something that maybe makes you feel a little bit better because you watched it. He's going to provide masks for the local hospitals. We have other people who've stepped mm. up in other ways. A lot of these um, global uh, high-end brands are now providing and distilleries are providing the hand sanitizer and the alcohol from their distilleries in order to provide. Um, and then you've got Tesla and GM making ventilators. People are so conscientious of the ways that they can serve when they're called upon and we become creative. But I re And you're going to be able to correct me on this because I know that you have followed the Tony Robbins world and I have as well. And he talks about, I can't remember it. It's about how important it is to contribution and service is yeah. should be need. Yeah. Yeah. Part of Tony's work is he talks about the six big basic human emotional needs. Well, and the first four emotional needs, the last two are spiritual, but really where the juice of life is, is in growth and contribution. So, you know, why do we want to grow? Why do we want to make more money? Why do we want to advance or learn more or move up the ladder in our career? Typically, because when the more we're growing, the more we have to give and, and contribution, you know, it's, that's really where the magic is when you realize that life is not about what you're getting. It's about what you're giving. And, and I think that right now we're, you know, like to your point, we're seeing this all over the place, you know, with other industries shutting down or moving into creating the ventilators or the masks, you know, theater was my background back in the day, but I, I saw online that a lot of the Broadway seamstresses who are out of work, you know, who'd be maintaining all the costumes for all these expensive Broadway shows were willing to get together 
and just, you know, sew more masks to get them out to the hospitals in New York where there was a shortage. So everybody is looking at ways in which they can contribute. And if you're not contributing, if you're just somebody who's consuming a lot, you're you're going to struggle to maintain any meaningful emotional well-being over time. You know, it were, you know, we can grab and grab and we can take and take in the short term, but Ultimately, it just it will feel empty. It will feel hollow, and you'll be super successful, but you won't feel fulfilled by it. There's something to be said about contribution providing um, a space for gratitude, right? And I think we we all know in the study of gratitude that finding ways to be grateful, especially when you're in service of others and you recognize you have more and you can provide to another who's in need, it gives you that that perspective of gratitude that maybe that you were missing prior to, right? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. wow, who has it a lot? It's harder for them right now, and I can give them something. And it's not about patting myself on the back, but it's also about providing you with that beautiful space perspective of food that I think is so valuable. Things I think is really kind of funny now. My in my past in my career, I was uh, in corporate. I was working with very high net worth clients, right? And I have loved watching the private sector and philanthropists and incredibly wealthy individuals who usually you would consider as being elitist step up and have so much to give. And I have been so proud of the way the private sector has stepped up because like you said, you want all of these things to move you up the level or to level up. But then when you get to a certain point, it's so that you can give. Like you look at the Mark Cubans, you look at these different people who are like, I have acquired a lot in my life. And now I can provide intellectual capital, I can provide money, I can provide ideas, I can provide support. And I think that that's that offering grace as well. Some people who may be in a place where they're like lost their jobs or have been laid off or are going through a really hard time, if you can also see that it's not an us or them right now, it's truly like we're all in it together and what everyone can provide and support. And I think that's that's such a beautiful place to to work from. But I think it's such a beautiful space for us to sit within to recognize how we are all in it together. And you have celebrities and you have um, people who have more offering their support. And I just, I hope if anything, um, even if you're going through anyone that's watching, even if you're going through a really rough time right now, and it's, it's dark and it's bleak, at least lift your head up and look for the humanity and other people. I think if you can see the helpers and you can you can work on your own mindset, I think that's of incredible value right now. And even if you're somebody who's going through a hard time, if you can find a way that makes sense, that isn't like putting your family in danger or going to cause you to lose your house, or but if you can find a way to shift to be a helper, even when you think that you have nothing to give, I think that that's powerful too. Like, you know, the human body is... The human body is sort of genetically wired to reward us for doing the right thing that, you know, why do you think that the the videos that go viral on Facebook, the feel good videos about like the serviceman coming home to like dance with his daughter at prom or at her wedding? Why like or when we see an act of kindness, why do we share those videos? Typically. Because when we're in an act of kindness, or if you're on the receiving end of an act of kindness, somebody buys your your Starbucks who's in line in front of you, you get a hit of oxytocin that runs into your body. It's a feel-good chemical. You feel great. The person who is doing the giving 
also gets the same hit of oxytocin. It rushes into their system, so they feel good. But the interesting thing about acts of kindness is that even just people who witness it get the same level of, of oxytocin release in the body just by witnessing. That's why these videos go viral online. So we're sort of genetically programmed to step up and do the right thing. So even if, you know, maybe money is super tight, maybe you don't have a lot that you can contribute to your neighbor, but you can still lend encouragement. You can lend your time. You can lend your compassion. You can, you know, find acts of service uh, that don't cost any money. You get, there are so many ways that we can step up right now and be useful. Getting back to the whole point of this particular conversation was about emotional well-being. You will feel better when you're doing it. I love that. So incredibly valuable. Do you have any last thoughts or, or advice um, for folks who are, who are struggling right now, who are looking like they, they may be new to self-development. They may be new to this type of mindset. And this is all, it's, it's easy speak for you and I but it's a little bit harder for someone who is, is really having a hard time right now. What would be the first kind of things that you would offer to them to help them try to move into this kind of a, a growth mindset and emotional well-being when this is like the way you and I talk and maybe it's, it's new for someone else? Well, look, I mean, this stuff is not easy. Jeanette, you've been around this world for a few years like I have. It's easy during times of crisis to see who's really in alignment with what they're doing and who's not. You can see the people who actually live what they teach, uh, no pun intended, live media, versus the people who talk a big game. It's easy to be in a space of abundance and gratitude and help when life is going the way exactly the way you want. But the question is, is how are you showing up when we're faced with a challenge like we are right now? We are living through history. This is unprecedented. You know? And I think that this is even a more defining moment in many ways than 9-11, which I thought would be the defining moment of my lifetime. So, A, give yourself some grace and know that there's no perfect way to do this if you're a person who's new to the path, that you're going to fall out of alignment. And that's to be expected, but you can just notice it and get back on the path. Best way to start is to set intentions, right? Life is an emotional game. It's really about the quality of emotions you're feeling. So creating intentions every day for just like three words, even if you don't want to do it every day, what are your three overall words that you want to show up as during, during this crisis? Writing that down, setting some sort of trigger where you can check in with yourself throughout the day. You can set an alarm on your phone to go off three times a day just so that you can check in and be like, where am I at with this right now? And if you're out of alignment, you can course correct. But the reason why feeling, feeling higher vibrational emotions is everything is because emotions dictate our thoughts and the thoughts dictate the action that we take. So if you're in a place of feeling defeated, hopeless, panicked, and afraid, you're going to take very different action. You're probably just going to stay glued in front of the television, probably going to numb out on social media. You're going to watch 87 cat videos on YouTube is a way to not feel. And there's a place for cat videos. I like it. I mean, I prefer dog videos. I'm a dog guy. There's a place for all that. There's a place for Netflix. But there's also a place right now for massive new action in your life. There's a lot of people like, well, I just want to wait and see what happens with the economy. And you can do that. But you're really giving away your power to create whatever it is that you need to create, a new income stream, more connection, 
better relationships with your family at home. So, you know, if you're feeling low vibe emotions, typically you're going to take pretty disempowered actions. However, if you're feeling strong, if you're feeling determined, if you're feeling optimistic, you know, to use your word earlier, you're going to take a very, you're going to have different thoughts and that will also inform a different set of actions. So you have to look at all this at the end of the day is almost like one of those choose your own adventure books you know, that we used to read back in second grade where like you'd have a choice and you could turn to page 78 over here and just be really angry and complaining and commiserate and talk about all those, all the jerks who have hoarded the toilet paper and the hand sanitizer. (laughs) And I've seen these posts on Facebook. I saw somebody who was like taking the picture from the checkout line while literally giving the middle finger in front of the picture to make sure they got that into frame just because they felt so compelled that that's the content that they needed to share with the world. And they created that community that way with people like, I hate people. People are so stupid. If those are the people you want to surround yourself with right now, you know, good luck getting through the other side of this in one piece. So, you know, now's the time to be really mindful and just, you know, emotional well-being is well-being and, and you can use all the hand sanitizer and you can stave off the coronavirus and you can be one of the ones who doesn't get infected. But what are you doing on the back end? You know, and that's a conscious minute by minute choice. And I'm not here to, you know, I, I, I've talked about this, like I want to meet people where they're at during this. You know, I think one of the first things I did in my business was like, great, I'm going to do some two day seminars and get people focused on their calling and getting to take some new action. And quite honestly, the response from people is we're not there yet. <laughs> Dan, we appreciate it. We're not thinking that far ahead. So I realized that us as as leaders and hopefully role models, we have to meet people where they're at. But we also, our job for people like Jeanette and I is to let you know that you are not a victim to the circumstances of the world. And you don't have to buy into the fear and panic that is on the news. I worked in the media for 18 years. I know how that works. If they keep you afraid, you keep watching, you know, so they're not showing you about the guy who created the free little pantry. They're showing you about the spike in deaths in Italy, because that's what's going to keep you when you're afraid, you keep consuming. <laughs> and it really, and, and it's not easy. I'm, I, I realized. So this is not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. Now is the time for you to just really direct your life to be in the driver's seat, to be super conscious of how you feel and also where you want to be. What is the story that you want to be able to tell on the back end of this? Do you want to be a person that said, well, you know, I had such a great career and I lost everything because, you know, there was this pandemic and the government screwed up and the government didn't respond. There will be people who choose that path. My intention and my hope is that you have the accountability and the support in your life where you choose a different story, that this is a time when you pivoted, when you found a new gift within you, a new way to serve. And the businesses that, you know, we're seeing this right now, the restaurant industry is totally pivoting. They've all become takeout places. You know, I I talked to a family member on the East Coast who, you know, likes to go to the Palm a lot, likes to go get like the steak dinners. Palm now has actually become an outlet where they're just selling all those high-end cuts of meat to their clientele because they got more of it than they need. They're not taking people in. So people have just had to pivot in a variety of ways. And I think the people who are agile right now, who can be flexible, who are going to take responsibility for their emotional 
well-being and their resilience are going to be the ones who come out of this faster on the back end. And it's really hard to do that alone. It is hard to do it alone. That if you're a person who is more prone to pessimism or to look for threats, remember thoughts just travel along the neural pathway that's been wired the hardest. Think of it as like your thoughts is like getting in the car if you're in an East Coast winter. You know, maybe one lane of the road's been plowed and you see like where there's, you can actually see the street (laughs) underneath where the tire tracks are. That's the route that you're going to drive. You're not going to go through the unplowed side of the road. Well, your neural pathways work the same thing. And you can rewire, even if you've had negative neural pathways up until now watching all this and you felt hopeless and defeated, you can rewire that through repetition and choosing how you want to feel. So that is, that's my soapbox for the day. And I hope that people take this in the spirit that it's intended. It's easy to look at a lot of the thought leaders or look at coaches and be like, well, it's easy. They got money in the bank. Look, I'm a business owner too. I feel the fear on a daily basis. There are moments where I feel fear. But for me, I make my focus and and what I choose my my utmost responsibility every day. And I that's how I'm planning on getting through this. And I invite anybody who needs some support to look for those resources to do the same, whether it's, you know, the Live app or, you know, whether it's finding a supportive community, finding a coach, do whatever you have to do right now to be in the energy of the people who are going the direction you want to go and not the people who are going <laughs> somewhere you don't want to be. Dan, I want to thank you so much for being here with me today and for sharing your wisdom and your thought leadership. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you. It's an honor to serve and uh, send in so much love to anybody who is watching this today. Yes, absolutely. I really love that conversation. And one of the things that was inspiring to me is how Jeanette with her children every day is starting out with meditation with the kids teaching them to stay emotionally centered. Can you imagine the impact on our lives as adults if we had had, you know, parents who were in personal growth who could have taught us these tools and how much suffering it would have saved us as we had gone through life. So, so much respect for how Jeanette is able to show up for her global community, but also for her family every day. Uh, If you love this conversation, if it was meaningful, please screenshot it, upload it to Instagram or Twitter. You can tag me at CSC Dan Mason. You can find Jeanette at Ms. Jeanette Schneider. Also, I am in the process right now of just creating more content than ever that will meet you where you're at and serve you, helping you answer the questions that you need to have answered right now. But in order to do that, I'd love to know, what are your struggles in the moment? What's coming up for you? If you could sit down and have coffee with me and ask one question, what would that be? please reach out. You can just DM me on Instagram. You won't be talking to my team members. I will respond personally. You can reach out at CSC Dan Mason, or you can email me privately, dan at creativesoulcoaching.net. One of the things we're considering doing is taking your questions and creating a second podcast episode every week, just a five-minute quick question and answer, something to give you more inspiration more often 
to help you navigate the emotional turmoil and so much of the fear and anxiety of the time that we're living in. So again, you can DM me on Instagram at CSC Dan Mason or message me at dan at creativesoulcoaching.net. If you'd love some additional one-on-one support, if coaching right now would be a valuable tool to help you reset, refocus, get re-energized, and stay aligned with your goals so that you are consciously creating the rest of your 2020 and not just reacting to the world around you. I'm so proud to say my clients right now are thriving. I've had some of the most amazing conversations with people who now are creating new income streams and not out of a place of desperation. I've got a client of mine who is thriving in her career. She loves her job, but she's just inspired and created a new way that she would like to serve as a side hustle out of fun. You know, so we are staying in a higher level conversation over in my community. If that is the kind of support that would help you move forward, well, first of all, it is the kind of support that would help you move forward. But if you think I'm the person that could help you with that, you can apply for VIP coaching right now on my website. CreativeSoulCoaching.net is the place to go. And don't forget, you can also join us in our private Facebook community, the Life Amplified Power Tribe. We have a link to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next week.